Mark, you're you got a stink bug in your house. Yeah. Um they kudzu uh is a famous vine that grows all over the south. It was introduced um for some sort of agricultural foraging or I, there was some reason why they thought it would make something good to add into the plant community here. And it's taken over and it grows over, you know, it'll smother an entire forest. Um, it's very fast growing. And it's a huge problem. And so they tried to import a specialized, a specialized bug, a stink bug, from where the kudzu plant is native in Asia. And they tried to import it here thinking that, well, if it's specialized on eating kudzu, then maybe it'll help us to like maybe check its growth a little bit. Um, it turns out they are both able to coexist here quite happily and, and they're both thriving. And now we have kudzu everywhere still and millions of these little stink bugs. And in the winter when it's cold, I've noticed they try to come in through the cracks on my balcony door uh, and then they hang out in my plants, which are right where I work. So Wow. Uh, yeah. That sounds then, like a... <laughs> A classic, there was an old lady who swallowed a fly type of situation. That is exactly what it is. There um, was an old country that planted a vine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I wish they had, I wish they had read that, that uh, nursery rhyme before they inv invited Kudzu over. But um, yeah, so it's a, a lot of stink bugs. I mean, a, a lot of bugs, stink bugs and, and, things closely related make a very powerful and distinctive smell, but they their hair trigger is sort of more or less sensitive, and this one is very sensitive. Like, sometimes a stink bug won't spray the stinky smell unless you actually mess with it. And this one seems to make the stinky smell if the, if the blinds rattle, or if I swivel my chair... Um, so I know it's around here somewhere because I did see it earlier in the day, but now it's tucked away. But every so often I'll get a, a burst of the stink bug smell. And it's like, it kind of smells like anise, right? It's a, it's not like a, like a sulfur, it's not like a fart smell. It's, it's, it's a chemically smell Yeah. that, that it isn't the worst, but it's very powerful if, it's, if it's it kind comes of, right next to you. It's kind of like, like anise. I'm sorry, anus. Oh yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Yes. Yes, it smells bad. <laughs> like an anus. Now, Mark, have you been doing a lot of really annoying things? Because I might be on the bug side. Uh, who's to say? Probably. <laughs> I mean, uh, my wife and I are both uh, teleworking a lot of the time, but she has the guest bedroom of our apartment is, is now her office. So I, I'm... I'm basically out here alone, so I probably am being really annoying, and the stink bug is, is now here to call me out on it. Well, it's good to know that like all of the thoughts that plague us about, oh no, am I annoying, actually end up being true. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a great opportunity. You've, you've heard him already to introduce our very, very special guest. He's here. He's doing great. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to love and learn about bugs. It's Greggy. Hey, Greggy. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, Greggy, do you, do you want to um, lead with this uh, huge recent news? 
<laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> the love and learn about bugs, guys. Heard that I have tested positive for COVID and they had to snatch me up to come on. That's the podcast. right. We're one of the first podcasts ever to have a guest with COVID. Take that other <laughs> podcasts. It, it gave us a good opportunity to invite you onto the show because now you're apparently going to have a lot of free time. Yeah, two yeah, weeks that's off. right. At um, least. Yeah. But you're doing okay. You're doing good. Like, as, as good as you, you can be with COVID. Right. And I don't I don't think I'm going to die. Like, I, I, I have a lot of moments where I'm just, like, sitting and watching TV or whatever because, I, you know, I, there's nothing else I can really do right now. And I'll think, holy shit, I really, I really feel like crap right now. I'm, I'm really, really sick. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I don't, I'm not having like a difficulty breathing. Oh, nice. nice <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Craig. Welcome. Uh, yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm having a lot of difficulty breathing. I'm not coughing that crazy an amount. Uh, I just generally feel bad. Okay. So for everyone at home listening to this, thinking that it's, uh, exploitative for us to invite this very sick man onto our show he's doing fine okay it actually sounds like yeah. he's you're doing better than i am because you don't think that you're about to die and i'm perfectly healthy but i pretty much always am worried i'm about to die it's inevitable yeah i mean well of course we're all on the razor's edge at every moment that's what life is but um yeah, I don't feel it as acutely, I guess, as I could, as I would expect to, having the uh, the right. world-ending uh, disease. Well, and to be fair to me, I say that I'm perfectly healthy, but I but I actually have pretty severe hypochondria. Yeah, I would just say for um, the next few months, like, no matter how much fun it usually is, uh, don't go around licking public toilet seats anymore. I learned the hard way. Or wear a dental dam. That was Greggy's favorite habit. His Instagram was so funny. <laughs> Constantly going around licking public toilets. Yeah, that, that lady made me mad because I, I don't think she does that that often. It was like stealing valor, you know, to, to just go viral with that. <laughs> yeah. You've, been, you've always been doing it for the love of it. In the work. I don't even record it half the time. Right, exactly. Now that you've been here, you haven't been working for any of that attention. Of course, like someone else comes and snatches that up. Sort of like celebrities with our podcasting, our precious, <laughs> our precious medium. That's right. All right. Well, Greggy, uh, the, the listeners are dying to know now that they have all this information. The um, next question that's just burning on their mind is, what was the first bug you ever saw? Uh, I think it would have to be... Do fictional bugs count? Sure. Mark? Yeah, oh, I say okay. it. Yeah. Um, is, uh, I, I would say probably the Hungry Hungry Caterpillar. Aha! Second appearance of the Hungry Hungry okay. Caterpillar. That was Gabe's, yeah. I think, first bug. Yeah, me and Gabe were practically uh, twins separated at birth. Well, right, right. You were raised, raised together. You read the same books. <laughs> That's right. And we are actually twins. And also, Gabe, I think you're probably going to be feeling a little decreased lung capacity soon. Oh, the twin magic, yeah. 
Uh, what's how about the first IRL bug? Do you recall? No, I have no idea. Damn. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Uh, let's. All right, don't panic. We'll, um, what's, I'm panicking. We'll flip it. What's the most recent uh, bug that you saw? Yes. Yeah, you, last night. Um, yes, there was there was some sort of a. I think it was probably like a fly or something. Some kind of a bug got inside the house, which is wow, a fly. unusual because we live in uh, Michigan and it's very cold outside. Um, so I don't know where this thing came from, but it came into the house and it landed on my daughter, Alila's back. And, um, yeah, she, so she called to her brother to come help her. And, uh, Alex came and, uh, like smacked her on the back, of course, <laughs> um, to try to get rid of the bug. And, and of course, yeah, he missed and, and he came in again and, and she's no, I just wanted you to get it off me. Uh, yeah. So that was the last bug I saw. I didn't like get a great look at it. Uh, but it it did fly, uh, and it did uh, it was it was attracted to my daughter. All right, okay. so probably some sort of fly, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dipped her. I do just want to say I love that it sounds like um, Greggy's house is the home of humor and hijinks that we all imagine, <laughs> where where Alex is doing the classic trope of trying to smack the fly off of someone and end up just hitting the person. Yeah, it was very three stoogesy. Well, <laughs> your your daughter may have been mad at the time about being smacked, but she should consider herself lucky to have someone close to her who who would come and shoo a fly away. Uh, if you recall, Mike Pence, um, when he was in the debate, he could have certainly used a loyal friend like your son <laughs> to come and smack the fly off. Yeah, why didn't anyone come over during the debate? Yeah, and try Kamala to smack didn't it even him? say anything. It's like. Okay, I get it. Like you guys are like rivals or whatever, but there's a thing called common human decency, and maybe you could have said, "Hey, uh, not to interrupt you, Mr. Pence, but you do have a, a fly on your head." Yeah, that or, would have been fine. Or just a little gesture of like, you know, brush your head, brush, brush your head. You know, just do a little hand gesture, like or like. The, I worry that's too subtle, though. I would have liked for yeah, I would have liked for for Kamala or you know Biden's probably in the wings. Like the audience would love to you know there'd be a little pop in the audience. Biden comes out. Excuse me, Mr. Pence, you got a fly on your forehead there, brother. Goes to take a big smack. Fly flies away. Smacks Mike in the head. Audience is laughing because this is the peak of comedy. Biden's eye just explodes with blood. Oh my god, blood is just it's a waterfall gushing out. <laughs> Guys gotta get that eye checked out. I'm worried about inauguration day. Yeah. Although I am hoping for another appearance of the fly. I know we well, all could always come back. Yeah. I mean the theory is that you know flies are drawn to the the people that are devilish by nature. So perhaps Kamala also didn't notice. Because she's just so used to having flies swarming around her all the time. <laughs> um, this is the thing I believe, by the way. <laughs> um, sorry, no, you can you can cut that. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, what? COVID. Like I've got like I might have a fever. I haven't had a fever so far, but I I may be feverish. I may not know what the the terrible things I'm saying. It's fine. It's a COVID madness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the listeners will be sympathetic. Um, 
I'm gonna I have I'm gonna ask this question now because this question was first asked back in September 7th. So for whatever reason, I kept forgetting to ask this question from Pastel Princess, who's one of the most engaged fans of our show, has actually sent us messages saying that she likes it, and I've ignored her question since September. Uh, so, she's the only listener that we're currently aware of that wasn't already, uh, you know, a friend or a family member. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not just in like our our giant like, you know, bog of weird internet podcast people. Right. She is a genuine fan and is very precious. Shout out. Shout out, Pastel Princess. We love you. Shout out, Pastel Princess. Ichihi Mio at Ichihi Mio. The question is, what bug is furthest away from being a bug? As in, what part of its genetics is the only reason it is classified as a bug? Bat? Wow, I got I got nothing on this one. You know, Greggy? <laughs> no, I got no idea. Wow, that's that's tough. All right, that's Greggy zero so far. <laughs> okay, well let me let me take a stab at it. So there are, um, so if you think of it in terms of like genetically, there's you can pretty clearly place something as being a bug or not, but. If you look at it, what it looks like, and if you were to just judge it by its physical appearance and the sort of lifestyle that it has, you might mistake it for some other kind of organism. Kind of along the lines of like, if you didn't know any better and you looked at a whale, you might think it was a giant fish because we all know it's a mammal, but it's it's evolved to, you know, have have a lifestyle that's and a shape that's very consistent with what you think of with a, with a fish. So there's. There's some insects that that really don't ever distinguish themselves from worms. I mean, like like even as as adults, where they've lost they've lost so much of the physical features that would make them recognizable as a bug. Like their legs have evolved to just shrivel down to be just little, you know, buttons or or, or, or even gone altogether. And they don't have the hard exoskeleton, and then they they just kind of look like a soft goop, uh, or like a little a little worm. Um, so I would say that that kind of there there are some some things that that even as an entomologist I would look at them, and my first thought would not be that's an insect. That's I would think it's some kind of parasitic worm or or something like that, um, or like a leech, or you know. So so there's there's some some. Parasitic. Most of them are parasitic um, insects that have lost almost all of their identifying characteristics. If that kind of gets the question, so it would be some sort of worm, probably. It would be, yeah. Like if you did a, if you looked at its genetics, you'd you'd get a pretty clear answer. Oh yeah, this is a, you know, this is a beetle or a fly or a, something like that. But if you just looked at it and you know tried to measure all, you know, like oh well, count the legs. Well, there are no legs. Um, Look for the eyes. Well, there are no eyes. Like, it's it's lost all of its identifying features. I say. Well, Pestle Princess, uh, as far as my answer goes, octopus. All right, next question from Michael. Michael Robotam. That bug bit me, and the impression that I get are two songs from the 1997 The Mighty Mighty Boss Tunes album, Let's Face It. Can you name three more? 
Do any Absolutely of you not. know this album? Absolutely not. Mark, I'm you big barely, ska guy? Big, I'm big barely, third wave ska guy? I am technically aware of the Mighty Mighty Boston's and that they are a band. Uh, and I probably could have even said they were a ska band, but no, I, I, you're going to have to help us out with this one. So, Michael, I really, really, really wanted to recall another Mighty Mighty Boston song. But the only one I could think of was You Gotta Go. And I don't think that's from that album. So now I'm going to find out. We got to get here, Michael. Uh, let's go to a little website called. Uh, let me Google that for you. Thanks. Thanks for the question. Oh, yeah. Wait, Michael, you're not even trying to like stump us or have fun with us. Yeah, Greg, you're right. Michael just is using us as a, as a resource. Advantage. Yeah, he's probably at trivia night. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's cheating. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So Michael's going to be sitting there two weeks from now waiting for our answer so he can put it down on his trivia card. Yeah, all right. We're uh, on to your game, jerk. <laughs> all right, but I do. Hold on. Let's face it. I want to see if I know any other songs. Well, now, if we tell you now, though, Michael, you have to split the uh, the winnings uh, like the nacho platter or whatever uh, with, with us. Yes, you got to mail it to our different locations. <laughs> um, OK, luckily, we don't have to worry about that because I don't know any other songs from that album. The impression what? that I get is the only song that I know. All right. Uh, I have the track listing in front of me. I think the two songs that probably occurred to Michael are track Wait. six, That Bug Bit Me, and track 11, Desensitized. Um, because if you, you get bitten by the same type of bug enough times, your uh, immune response can diminish to where you no longer have such a strong reaction to it. So he wanted three more songs from from that album that pertain to him being bitten? No, tell him, well, oh, shit, I do want those nachos now. Now I'm thinking, I did originally just want to spite him, but. Um, Let's see. Is, isn't, number track nine breaks so easily. If he swatted the bug that bit him, uh, it's possible that the bug could break pretty easily. Uh, track eight, numbered days. If I mean, if he's going to swat this bug for biting him, then its days are certainly numbered. <laughs> there you uh, go. And then a third one. Hey, well, uh, track three. I mean, we already gave him three because you gave him desensitized numbered days. Oh, no, I, th I thought that was the one that he had thought of. Didn't he say he thought of two of them? That bug bit me and the impression that I get. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, desensitized. Don't get greedy. I gave you three. Yeah, you got three, Michael. And I do just want to say track three is oh. royal oil. And that's the type of the thing that the queen bug gets fed mm -hmm. uh, all right well, actually I, I see here that they're on the japanese edition of that album there was oh. a bonus track titled at it again and if this bug is biting him enough times for him to become desensitized then you know that seems like a must be yeah so a bonus a bonus song from the japanese bonus track and also um to all the bugs out there uh let's face it track five you're a bug uh, from gentle, feeble-minded man at Socket Quest. What can bugs teach us about ethically designing cities in the 21st century? 
So Mark, what are the, some of the more architecturally skilled bugs out there? Let me see. Um, well, the bugs city that could planner be beetle. Have, yeah, the city planner beetle. Um, definitely, uh, we could learn a lot from their high-speed rail systems. Um, yeah. <laughs> my first thought is that the, the the insects that build sort of complex societies uh, tend to build them a lot smaller than we do. So that seems like an ethically and environmentally sound thing is if we could build our cities to be as small as an anthill or a termite mound or a beehive, um, we'd probably leave. Yeah, those were the three I thought of. Yeah. And they're yeah. all really small compared to like a human city. Mm -hmm. So... I think that that would be the one big thing is is build really 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 small. Uh, now are they are they compact like so far as population goes like, or or if 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 ants were the size of people, would their their hills be the size of a city? Oh yeah, no. They, in that sense, yes. No, they they the, their cities would be big if you scaled them up to where each each bug was as big as a person. Yeah, their their anthills and termite mounts would be very big. Um. I mean, they're they're pretty efficient in in how they they occupy the space, but but yeah, they would still be quite big. Well, um, I think the answer then is is to to just go small. Yeah, if we can become smaller and build smaller cities, um, I think that that'll re reduce a lot of the resource competition and and environmental harm that we're doing, and and maybe lead to a more eth ethical society since we won't have scarcity. Of building materials if we're building everything really small at the very least like just think like in every living space like you only have enough room for the essentials uh it's it's your height and there's a refrigerator and then there's and then there's a futon right next to you as you walk in and that's it and that's everyone's house from now on and that's you know, the most another, e ethical another thing that that uh occurs in some insect societies is every, I mean, I guess part of it is because they're all related to each other. So there's a genetic advantage from helping. If, if any member of your hive or mound or whatever comes up to you, you may as well help them because they're genetically related to you. So you get an evolutionary benefit from their success. But it, so that's a caveat, but you, any ant can walk up to any other ant from its same colony and basically ask for some food and then the other ant will like regurgitate a droplet of food like very so yeah just sort of sharing sharing of resources in that sense you just walk up to any old ant and tickle its antennas and say hey give me some food and it'll give you some food mutual aid is a concept there you go. that's very very popular in non-humans yes whatever you do don't take any lessons from the snail. Those bastards, they one one to one house like, okay, it's cool. They carry their house with them on their back or whatever, but um, it, it's not right. Like they should share. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think they look down on slugs who don't have property at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> the snail is just and the crazy thing is there's all these there's all these extra snail shells we could we could be giving them, but they, they say, no, we want that for, you know, escargot or whatever. The snails love escargot, by the way. 
And then the snails that do charge for like smaller bugs to stay in the snail, they charge them exorbitant prices. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, well, like the Airbnb thing, like. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's just ridiculous. When like a little, um, a very tiny like skink wants to stay inside the snail shell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drive like, shell rental for for slugs. Ten times the <laughs> amount of rent. From boss level Kev, at Cobb that real, are scarabs under the control of mummies? I actually think it's the other way around. I was going to say the exact same thing. Right, because mummies are filled with scarab beetles, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think that scarab bites think, you, you, you become a mummy, and yeah, no, I, I think. Yes, that's exactly right. Scarab bites you, you become a mummy. I was thinking that it was like um, the. <laughs> Um, what are those underwater? Um, they're they're like very basic submarines? or yes, yeah, submarines. <laughs> <laughs> well, similar to a submarine, a larger thing that has little things inside of it. There's the smaller organisms, like the very basic organisms that form like a super organism. Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's 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 a bunch of examples. One is the um, Portuguese man of war is actually a colonial. Super oh, that's incredible. Okay, I love that. That's a perfect example. Um, There's like those uh, jellyfish that make those big spirals. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of them together. Yep, it's a bunch of little polyps that that all sort of just hang on together like a Voltron. Beautiful. And, and, I was, and I was bringing that up because I believe that's what the scarabs are. I think that, that a scarab is just like a super organism of or a mummy is a superorganism of many scarabs. And they just wrap themselves up with... They, they, they go to a bathroom. And, and they wrap in toilet paper and pretend right. to be... Right, they a, find a public restroom, group of scarabs, turn to a mummy. Then they go, like, go around with their arms out. I want or, the thing that mummies want. Or they put a trench coat on and try to see an R-rated movie. <laughs> That's right, because movie theaters will not let mummies in. Especially not now. They're all closed. Right. But of course, if you put a trench coat on, most movie theaters would be like, all right, you're classing it up a little bit. We'll let you in. Now, uh, of course, I do. I, I know boss level Kev, so I know he would be pissed off if nobody brought this up. But how do we think this relates to uh, Morbius <laughs> coming out in October 2021? Hold on. Got pull this up. <laughs> yeah, I, of course. Uh, Morbius is a, a uh, some sort of a vampire creature, um, and do you, do we think the vampires have any relation to scarab beetles and mummies oh because God. they're all sort of in the same sort of a universe? Right? It's Jared Leto, the monster <laughs> universe. Sure. Um, so hold on, like, let me read the synopsis real quick. Biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but when his experiment goes wrong, he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. Okay, so yeah, that probably doesn't have anything to do with scarabs because that'd be a real Spider-Man ripoff. I remember in the Dracula movie that had uh, Keanu, I think Tom Waits was in it as... uh, Oh yeah, the like the weird psychotic minion guy, and he definitely ate a whole bunch of beetles, and always was surrounded by yeah. beetles. So there, there may be a kind of a mummy effect where the where the beetles know, at least 
yeah, within the monster shared monster universe, the the, the, mm-hmm. the Beatles seem to have ties. Well, see, I was thinking that what happens with Morbius then is um, similar to to midichlorians. Um, he the thing he injects himself with is actually just very very small scarab beetles, tons of tons of very small scarab mm. beetles. So rather than a rather than a vampire, he's actually just an advanced mummy. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think most most of the classic um, horror monsters are just mummies. Yeah, I'm sorry for anybody that is really looking forward to seeing Morbius because I think just just the strength of the ideas we've come up with, we've pretty much spoiled the film for you. I apologize for that. Yeah, no, I, I think we've probably uh, predicted several of the key plot points. It does point to the larger bug conspiracy, though. I do just want to like make sure all of our listeners are aware that you know bugs got a lot more going on than you think. From Greggy at the Greggiest, well, do you no. think a bug would make a good mascot for a pizza chain? Uh, yeah, I, I knew I was going to be on this episode. I don't know why I did this. Well, it's okay, Greggy. It's a great question. I think yes. Okay. Why do you think that? I think because um, bugs love pizza in the same way that humans (laughs) do. And I think that when, if the mascot is like a big fly and it's it's like on a big pizza outside of the pizza chain and the human sees that, they'll get hungry. To me, I think the best mascot would be a, a, maybe a beetle like a like a ladybug um, that is round like a pizza and red like it's covered in tomato sauce like a pizza and then it has circular dots on it like pepperonis see we always have the genuinely good answer and that's amazing the pizza ladybug well I'm an entomologist so mm. well I mean, that's we, right that's we, we right. learned You're about the bug uh, the the other way you could go though you could go the other you could go like the noid option, and have the 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 mascot be like a a villain that is gonna ruin your pizza, like maybe with a stink bug smell or something like that that would make you not want to eat it. So you have to, um, mm, there is if you be. order it from the wrong company, then this this mascot is gonna come and and destroy your pizza. There's gonna be a lot of backlash from the bug community about that though okay yeah yeah i'm kind of coming with the outsider perspective i'm sorry bugs love random bugs are gonna start getting smashed because the person gets in their head oh they're gonna eat my pizza that happened with turtles uh after the ninja turtle franchise came out people started yeah (laughs) haven't you you all noticed that there's less turtles these days that's why pizza is like kicking a turtle like get out of here i'm not giving you my pizza I've done it. Like throughout throughout most of the nineties, whenever people would see a turtle while driving their car, you would swerve to it. Certainly if you were going to You know, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Even today, I'd prefer not to have a rat in my house. I'm sorry, I'll I'll admit it. Even a wise rat, too. Like that's how that's how deep the prejudice runs. Yeah. I'm sorry. I really love Pizza Ladybug. I'm just, I keep thinking about it. I mean, that one's, a, I think, I think that that's, we nailed it in one there, but 
just you know may as well hear out some other ideas uh, one thought was is if we can think of a triangular bug that's shaped like a pizza slice oh there's um, oh wow there's certainly well so i ch i typed in bug shape like triangle because i thought that there had to be but the only thing that's coming up is a stink bug well, so we already have our, our, our thorn bug, the, the tree hoppers that we've talked about almost every episode, and a lot of those are shaped like triangles. Um, but yeah, it's not a super common shape. There's some spiders that are shaped kind of like triangles. Um, let me see. I think there's a crab spider. I think that you're, That's... I think because we're connected on Discord, your stink bug hacked my computer. It's trying to make, it's trying to like insert itself into the show. Here's, I found a a crab spider that is uh, shaped kind of like a triangle, and it's kind of pizza colors. Uh, I'm going to put it in the general. Oh, please do. Are there any bugs that have uh, comical Italian accents? Scott. Uh, yeah, any bug from Italy. <laughs> okay. Hold on, let me type in Italian bug. <laughs> yes, I like this. This is good. I, it is a little scary for a mascot, though. This could, this could definitely be my for my idea, where the, the oh, mascot is kind of yeah. a villain, and it steals a slice out of every pizza. Yeah, because it's kind of pointy, and it could be a little scary. This is what showed up for Italian bug. Oh yeah, this Italian pizza. <laughs> shit. Yeah, this this is <laughs> this is the most Italian bug I've ever seen. This is disgusting. Why is this? Oh, it's yeah. like uh. It's dripping with olive oh, oil. Oh, it's Come called on. the Italian striped bug. I was wondering why it showed up for Italian bug. <laughs> and Greggy is Greggy is literally seeing red. He is he's like he is foaming at the mouth. Again, I don't like it. All right, well, let's quickly move on. Let's get this bug out of here.